Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying only on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, 
I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email, as always, rdgable, rdgable at yahoo.com or tstradio at protonmail.com. Our website is www.thesecretteachings.info. You can find our full show archive there on the website, my books and more. And of course, if you are already a subscriber to the show and you've seen that we're switching over our subscriptions to Aftermath Media, you can renew your subscription on The Secret Teachings and keep it, or you can go over to the aftermath.media website and you can subscribe there to The Secret Teachings and or to Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, which most of you, I assume, just listened to, and now you're tuning into The Secret Teachings tonight, Friday, March 31st. 2023 on Friday evenings we always have the ground zero after show and uh, then the secret teachings of course comes on a little bit later Friday nights but I'm glad that you're with us and uh, last night we did not have a new show I've got a lot of things going on and I had to take the night off again unfortunately Uh, next week we should be here every night uh, Monday through Friday as normal And uh, we're going to have some new guests coming up, hopefully, if not next week, uh, relatively soon. So that's something else to look forward to. I think we had more guests last month, or really the month of March. This is the last day of March into April uh, than we've had at any month in the last year. We had tons of guests on last month, so that was really fun. And uh, we're going to have a lot of guests coming up in the next few months because we have that big conference we're going to contact in the desert. And if anybody's going to be there... Come over and say hi to me and uh, hang out with us a little bit. I'll probably be at the ground zero table uh, with Clyde and Ron and everybody. That will be, what is that, June 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, I believe, is the date of that conference in Palm Springs. And we had a fundraiser going for that conference, and a lot of people donated. We made our, uh, we had a $500 mark. We hit that mark. Some people got uh, some studio equipment. I was giving away as part of the donation or some people got books or whatever the case is. Uh, We could always use more support for the show itself. So if you can support us in that way, I'd really appreciate it. Again, rdgable at yahoo.com. That's the email. That's also for PayPal. And our cash app is money sign rdgable. We do things pretty antiquated here. So we don't have a video feed. Most of you know that. And you can find the show anywhere you listen to shows, podcasts, radio shows, etc., Uh, But apparently the show's kind of hard to find, I've been told, because for some reason it's not loading on people's phones or for some reason there are some other kind of technical issues. Like the secret teachings got labeled as explicit all up and down uh, Apple. Uh, It was just recently. And I contacted Apple and asked them, why is it explicit? We don't even have cursing on the show. And they told me that I said it too explicit and I told them I didn't. So they're trying to figure out what the issue was with that. Uh, it seems like, if it, I don't think it's coincidental. I just think that there's something about this show that the algorithms don't like. And so it gets uh, suppressed. It gets pushed down in the feed. And uh, I'll tell you what does do really popular, what does, uh, what does really well, what's really popular, is like really... Uh, Really cheesy, really cheap, you know, like ghost paranormal things do really, really well. And I don't mean that negatively, like cheesy. It just, you know, really kind of standard run-of-the-mill paranormal UFO ghost stuff does really, really well 
everywhere. Uh, in fact, uh, one of the, you know, some, some of the, not just one of the, some of the most popular podcasts uh, are just like ghost paranormal shows. Everybody seems to be interested in that kind of stuff. Paranormal, UFOs, ghosts, monsters, really people are interested in, in the darkness. They're interested in the mysteries of life and the universe. They're interested in their own internal self. They're interested in exploring uh, the, well, the, maybe the dark night of the soul. They're interested in exploring the subconscious and the unconscious mind. I actually read a really interesting article from Newsweek, which almost sounds more like something from the secret teachings. This is the headline. Satan is getting hot as hell in American pop culture. And the article goes on to describe how movies from The Pope's Exorcist, which comes out in mid-April, to Nefarious, which I think I saw a commercial for that. It's about a psychiatrist who's trying to determine if a guy on death row uh, who claims to be possessed by the devil is actually possessed by the devil, if he's mentally fit to be executed. According to a 2021 Pew Research poll, 62% of Americans, kind of a funny statistic, 62% of Americans believe in hell. Now, the poll doesn't ask what exactly is hell. How do you define hell? Uh, is hell a, an experience that you create for yourself? Is it a physical place you pack your bags and go? I think people have a lot of different definitions, a lot of interpretations of what hell is. But 62% of Americans as of 2021 believe they're in hell. I would imagine a few of those, you know, probably think they're in hell because of who the president is one way or the other. But that's up from 58% in 2014, and according to Newsweek, pop culture appears to be taking full advantage of that curiosity surrounding hell and its inhabitants. Newsweek says, this is a quote, the devil is front and center in movies, TV shows, podcasts, and even children's books. There are Satan after school clubs, while the proliferating sat uh, satanic or satanist groups have their own political divisions. Well, sort of political divisions, the whole uh, satanic temple, temple of set stuff where they want to they sue different states because they think abortion is a human right. Not just a right, but a human right. They have a right to kill people in the name of their, their God. Uh, that <laughs> I think that's kind of a ridiculous thing. And uh, obviously it's not a human right. That's quite preposterous. It's just a political, uh, it's a political agenda, very thinly veiled, as religion, even though if you read constitutional, uh, read about constitutional law and you read about the constitutional history, you would know that, you know, the rejection of God uh, is not a religion based on the writings of, of most of the founders. So Satanism is not, at least constitutionally, a, a constitutionally protected religion. It's not a religion at all. Um, Although I, I would argue, wouldn't help me in court, but I would argue that, you know, Satanism is a religion for people. But constitutionally speaking, you know, just like abortion is a state's rights issue, Satanism is not an actual religion that's protected by the Bill of Rights. But nevertheless, Newsweek is right. The devil is front and center in movies and TV shows and podcasts and children's books. They reference a number of movies and a couple of podcasts uh, You've probably heard of the Exorcist Files. Uh, Father Carlos Martins recreates exorcisms in this podcast, and it's one of the top podcasts in spirituality. I would assume that's on Apple Podcasts. 
Netflix says on, uh, or excuse me, Newsweek says on Netflix alone, there are dozens of titles dealing with demons such as Warrior Nun, Devil in Ohio, The Bastard Son and the Devil Himself, Lucifer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's an older show, I think. Uh, and, 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 you know, there's even like, um, I think it's called the good place. It's a Ted Danson show. Uh, and I, I think he's like a demon or something. I've never watched it. He's like a demon or something in that show. So it's, it's like everywhere, even comedy. Cause that's a comedy. It, it's everywhere. Uh, comedy it's in, you know, real, very serious TV shows, dramas, et cetera. And, you know, you, you might wonder, you might think why, do people, because I think this, I wonder this, why do people feel so attracted and so drawn to these types of things? And that's really the thought that provoked tonight's show. I was thinking the same thing. I was wondering why do people feel so drawn to the demonic or to the satanic or whatever it is? And I have some personal experience. I think uh, for me, at least helps me to understand it. I don't know about you, but I look back on my life growing up. I was uh, raised in a, in a kind of a Baptist Christian home. Uh, I, I guess you could call it a Baptist Christian home, but I went to a Baptist school. And in attending the Baptist school, you know, I, I, I had obviously a different perspective on the world than people that went to public school. Uh, I did end up going to public school in high school for three and a half years. But I have a, a different perspective because I went to a religious school. And a lot of the things that I was, quote, taught in religious school you don't learn about those things like biblical stories, etc., in public school. So we all have different backgrounds. And, and that's my background uh, growing up in a, we went to a Baptist school, Baptist house, quote unquote. And, you know, I, my, my immediate reaction as a, as a kid naturally is to rebel and to reject those things. And when I rebelled and rejected those things, a lot of it was more so mental, um, my rejection of church and all that was not really a philosophical thing. It was more like I want to stay home and watch the football game Sunday mornings. I was a football fan when I was a kid. But as I got older, my rejection of that was like, it was more so like, I don't have to be this just because, you know, family is this. I can be something else. And I guess it's a very mundane logic my feeling was, well, I can be something else. I, I, maybe I can, maybe I'm a Jew, maybe I'm a Muslim, or maybe I'm this, or maybe I'm that. And that's my reaction as a young teenager is that I don't have to be a Baptist. I could be, I could pick any religion. Not that I understood what, <laughs> what a baptism was, let alone what Baptist Christianity is uh, at the time. And I certainly didn't know what Judaism was or Islam or anything. I just knew that these were other religions and for, so for a while, I, I maybe for like a week, I was like, oh, let me study Islam. And then I was like, nah, that doesn't work for me. And then I thought, which, you know, it's not a long time to study something, but I I bought a Quran and I, I read like any religious text I could. I got the Tibetan book of the dead. I read that and I did, I didn't really find anything that resonated with me. That was until I read the secret teachings of all ages. And then I recognized the, the sometimes subtle but once you become aware of it, it's not so subtle. Golden thread that kind of connects uh, all cultures and, and myths and folklore and religion, etc. And so that's when you sort of develop this idea of like spiritualism or a spiritual point of view or you're a spiritualist or whatever the case is. And through that, I've kind of found my 
way back to understanding some of the foundational principles of, well, call it Christianity or whatever. I, I say whatever a lot because it's like whatever you call it, it. You know, I'm not trying to absolutely state something. People have different ways of expressing things and defining things. So it's whatever you choose to call it. But it's brought me f- full circle and back around. And, I, you know, I've said it many times. I'm not a Christian today, but I understand why people cling so closely to their Bibles especially when you look around and you pay attention to the news and especially when you notice that Satan or the devil or demons or hell seems to be at the forefront of virtually every piece of entertainment. Whether it's a serious show, a comedy show, it's the music awards, Satan is everywhere. And it doesn't really make a lot of sense, in my opinion, when you think about it, because you would you know, imagine that people like collectively together that are like, we reject Christianity, we don't like the doctrines, or we don't like this, or we don't like that. I don't know how rejecting that and being independent-minded is independent-minded when everybody just rejects it and then goes right to a new kind of religion. It's like, we reject God because that's stupid religion, but hey, this Satan stuff's cool. Why is that kind of the default? That's that's the big question I have. But going back to my childhood as, you know, you know, being a Baptist and growing up that way and whatever that meant, whatever that still means. I like naturally you have as a child, you children tend to reject things and rebel and then they might come back around full circle. It's a kind of a natural thing. But I think the rejection of of that for a lot of people, it plays into adulthood, too. And like I have a lot of friends, uh, more so, well, almost all of them long-distant friends, not really in-person friends, but long-distant friends who really just still kind of hate religion. And they don't want anything to do with religion. And I get the sentiment. I really do. Uh, I completely grasp the concept of you don't like institutional religions. You believe, in a lot of cases, the church is like completely corrupt. And I like, for example, I, I don't want to, I'm not calling him out. I'm not calling you out, Jack, but my friend Jack, this is how he feels. And he feels that, you know, the religion is sort of a scam and kind of taking the George Carlin joke to the extreme. And I agree with Jack. I love Jack and I agree with Jack and I have a conversation with him. Uh, but actually, Jack came to me the other day, my friend Jack, and he says to me, he said, I listened to Manly Hall. And he actually sent me the, the uh, video of it. Like, oh, this was like two weeks ago. Manly P. Hall, and he says, uh, you know, Manly Hall in this video talks about the Ten Commandments and how you should you should follow the Ten Commandments. And Jack tells me, he's like, that makes me question whether Manly P. Hall was aware or conscious or enlightened. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, Manly Hall said you should, you should follow those rules. And he said, this makes me not trust him. And I said, yeah, but, and perhaps I have a bias. I love Manly Hall, but the Ten Commandments are not these things that are like, Maybe the better way to explain it is if you read the Ten Commandments, you know, for example, thou shall not, uh, you know, covet, uh, thou shall not kill, thou shall not commit uh, adultery. There's all kinds of, you know, interpretations and variations of those. Plus, Moses smashed other commandments, so there were actually more commandments. But so the Ten Commandments, like these are very basic things. Like you probably shouldn't steal. You probably shouldn't kill people. You probably shouldn't commit adultery. So I asked Jack, I was like, if you if you read the Ten Commandments, I mean, these are not obscene things that you're being asked not to do. I mean, these are just basically the tenets of a civil uh, and law-abiding citizenry. And 
it's it's a positive thing. And Jack said, ah, I don't I don't really know. And I said, well, I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, it's the thing. I get what you're saying. I get that you don't like religion because I'm with you. And I get that you don't really like the institution, especially the church. And I get that you have an issue with, you know, the, the obeying the laws and the commandments and following the rule. But there's still substance, like very powerful divine substance to these things. And it's very important to recognize that because you don't want to throw the proverbial baby out with the, you know, the bath water, water, if you will. And that's what's being done. If we just reject outright, well, I don't like the Ten Commandments because they're commandments. They're commanding me to do something. Well, don't look at them as commandments. Uh, look at them as just human decency. Thou shall not kill. Probably not a good idea to kill. You don't have, to, I mean, Satanists, traditional Anton LaVey Satanists. Uh, Clyde and I talked about this on the show Monday. Clyde Lewis and I on Ground Zero. We talked about this Monday on the Abazoo show we did. Uh, Satanists reject, like real Satanists, LaVeyan Satanists. They don't agree with murder and killing people and human sacrifice. Uh, even Fox Mulder says that in the X-Files. There's a really great episode where, uh, I forget the name of it, but Scully's talking about these ritual killings and some about Satanists and or maybe somebody else Mulder's talking to, and Fox says he's like actually the, the the you know the the, the Satanists or the Satanic churches, whatever they're called. They weren't, I don't know if they weren't called Satanic churches then, but he said like Satanists typically disavow human sacrifice, and they typically disavow. They don't agree with that kind of stuff. So this fake Satanism, whatever this fake Temple of Set Church of Hell sue you for abortion rights because they say it's a a, a human right or whatever to kill children. Um, that's a joke. That's politics masquerading as religion. That's the merging of politics and religion and one hiding behind the other. I don't think that anybody listening to this show right now would think that thou shall not kill is a commandment that you you should <laughs> you shouldn't follow. It doesn't matter if you believe in a law or you believe in Krishna or you believe in uh, Amaterasu, you believe in, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Quetzalcoatl, I don't care. Whatever you believe in, the sky god, sky goddess, earth god, earth goddess, whatever you believe in, thou shall not kill, probably one you should follow. So my point to all of this is we reject you know, the institution. We reject the, the ideas that are put forth in the name of institution, even when those ideas or those commandments are actually really positive and socializing and civilizing things. Uh, if you read my book, Occult Arcana, my big massive compendium of occult information, I have a section in it on uh, the, well, well, it's on the Ten Commandments and the Confessions of Mat, which is the Egyptian goddess of uh, balance and law. Usually she's the wife of Thoth, so through Usually it's like through balance and through uh, law and order comes wisdom, which is Thoth, writing, wisdom, etc. Then there's also the confessions that, you know, the Pharaoh has to give these confessions. You know, I have not killed, etc. is one of them in the underworld. And that's how you pass through the gates. And it's thou shall not kill is the same as, you know, I have not killed. It's very likely because a lot of scholars believe Moses really was raised as, you know, Egyptian royalty. Uh, much more than Christians might believe that to be the case. Uh, I mean, he was he was raised as a pillar, just like Osiris was in in the Egyptian uh, uh, royal house, uh, kind of you know, kind of like Prince of Egypt. And 
it's very likely what Moses got from the Egyptians, the, the mystery schools, that's what became the Ten Commandments. Uh, in fact, some of the Ten Commandments are so darn similar to the to the confessions of Mott or you know the confessions of the Pharaoh and the underworld. They're they're virtually identical. And thou shall not kill is probably the best example. Thou shall not kill, and I have not killed. It's the same thing. It's just like when the Israelites were they were worshiping the the golden calf, right? When Moses comes down off the hill, and uh, well, he actually uh, they killed a bunch of the Israelites because of that, slaughtered them. So Moses probably wasn't that great of a guy, but killed all these Israelites when they were worshiping the. A golden calf, but the golden calf is Apis. It's a it's a bull god, a Taurus god of Egypt, and that's what the people were. Uh, that's what they were worshiping, and they brought that. You know, after the Exodus, we just talked about the Exodus this week on the show. After the Exodus out of Egypt, so again, thou shalt not kill. I have not killed. Very similar things, and you find very similar ideas also in the Far East uh, when you study. Uh, let's call them kind of like they're 17 points, not commandments, but they're like 17 points. Uh, the constitution of Prince Shotoku in Japan. Uh, rightfully so, if you were to read these things, you would think, well, this is just an edict basically from from the royal families, from the emperor, telling people to obey the emperor. And they are. But they're also things in which help to guide the people and although the people are subject to the emperor, the emperor is subject to to God. And I mean, that's the whole idea. It doesn't, doesn't mean emperors and kings aren't corrupt, but the whole idea is the king and the emperor is obedient to God and the people are obedient to God through the emperor, through the emissary, which is basically what the pope is, right? People are supposed to follow the pope, if that's your religion, but you're actually following uh, one of the representatives of God here on planet Earth. And when the Pope deviates, let's say, or the Catholic Church deviates from what is Catholic, uh, you're allowed to have an issue with that. When the Pope calls for one world currency and one world government and the abolishment of borders, and when the Pope starts overturning traditional Catholic beliefs, you're allowed to reject that. It doesn't mean you're rejecting God or Christ. Actually, it's quite the opposite. You have a right and a responsibility and a duty as a Catholic to reject the Pope, to reject the Catholic Church when that's what they begin promoting. Whether it's you know allowing you know the 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 uh, people that work in the Vatican allowing priests etc. to marry, whether you agree with that or not, or it's you know promoting homosexuality, not just being okay with it, but promoting homosexuality. These are contrary ideas to, to the Catholic Church, to Catholicism, especially to what the Pope represents. And most of you probably saw that the Pope yesterday into today was in the hospital. He's already, he's already got one lung. You know, he's in his 80s. He gets a respiratory infection in the other lung. And we, we already had Ratzinger died last year. Uh, the Queen died last year. Now we have this Pope on his last leg, last lung. Uh, and of course, former President Trump was indicted this week, which is, you know, as far as I'm concerned, a giant uh, nothing sandwich. But you see that the towering or the toppling over of institutions and, and powerful figures, there's something else going on here. And we're going to talk about it tonight on the show. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. More after this. Don't go anywhere. 
From para-history and the paranormal to the parapolitical and para-occult, you're listening to The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. You know you can listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. I don't need it. Or in the free archive on our website, thesecretteachings.info, or on any radio or podcast player or application. I don't need it. But you can also subscribe to our ad-free archive, now hosted by Aftermath.media. Definitely don't need it. There's the basic and premium option. You get the montages, my digital books, and more. For those of you who already have a Secret Teaching subscription, you can still keep that subscription. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info or aftermath.media and subscribe today. I need it! If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana? Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir. Or if that's not enough, check out Good Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings, but most importantly, it supports you. Hello folks, this is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows with your host, Ryan Gable. I hope you find it enlightening. So most of you have probably heard of the Ten Commandments. Maybe you've heard of the Confessions of Mott or the Egyptian Book of Spells or the Book of the Dead or Coming Forth by Day or the Colburn Bible or maybe the Code of Hammurabi or Hami Hamu Rabi. King of Babylon, found in 1902, carved on diorite. The Code of Hammurabi was extracted from earlier dictates of a Sumerian king named Ur-Namu. And this code, or these codes, are very similar to the laws of Moses, Jesus, Muhammad, etc. The three major world religions, if you want to break them down that way. Christianity, Islam, and Judaism. Of course, all these other codes or commandments, they're all telling you the very same thing. I mean, whether you think that uh, you know one or the other is more important. They're all telling you the same thing. For example, thou shall not kill, one of the Ten Commandments. If you read the Confessions of Maat, Egyptian Book of the Dead, what, is, what does the Pharaoh say in the Egyptian Book of the Dead? Coming forth by day is the name of uh, the official name of the book, the original name of the book. I do not kill, or I have not killed. I mean, here's some of the Confessions of Maat. I have done no murder, nor bid anyone to slay on my behalf. Sounds pretty similar to one of the Ten Commandments. And the, uh, the famous 17 points or 17 constitutional 
uh, articles of Prince Shotoku in Japan included value harmony and avoid quarreling, chastise evil and reward good, deal with public matters as a servant of the law and avoid bribes and corruption, ensure that good deeds are rewarded and evil punished, and so on and so forth. When you read those, and when you read the Ten Commandments, you could perceive all of these things as these are just dictates of the state or dictates of a powerful priestly class. And perhaps they are to some degree, but if you want to have a functioning society, you probably need people not to kill each other. And whether you hate the state you live in or you hate the country you live in or you hate government or you hate religion, I hope that you could agree that not killing, not stealing, not coveting, (laughs) not taking divinity in vain. I'm, I'm pretty sure these are all good things. Okay, call me whatever you want to call me, but I'm pretty sure these are these are good things. These are things that you want, uh, things that you want in a civil society. Now, when it comes to, to, to a character like Moses, Moses comes out of Egypt, and just like when he came down off the, the hill, Mount Sinai, the mountain, we talked about earlier this week with the covenant shooting, the esoteric aspect of it, he finds the Israelites worshiping the golden calf, the golden bull. That is Apis, that's Taurus, an Egyptian god. Uh, Apis is not Taurus, but Apis. And in the same way that the Israelites brought these Egyptian beliefs out of Egypt during the Exodus, Moses also brought a lot of the sacred teachings of Egypt with him. You can say, well, he got these ideas from God. Well, regardless of where he got them, it's not a coincidence that the Ten Commandments that Moses brings thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, etc., are precisely taken, they're lifted from the Egyptian Book of the Dead and the Confessions of Mott. For example, I do not kill. I am not an adulterer. I do not rob. I do not tell lies, etc. I have not spoken lies, the Confessions of Mott. I have not spoken lies. I have done no murder nor bid anyone to slay on my behalf. So anyway, you get the idea. This is... All stuff that is really good, you want this for civilization, you want this for the development of of society and culture. Probably not something you should reject. And this is the problem. We reject these things because we don't like religion. We reject these things because we don't like the idea of institutional religion. We reject these things because we don't like the idea of there being, uh, you know, human beings in positions of power telling us what the spiritual world is all about. So a lot of people, as a result of that, have turned away from religion, God, etc. They've thrown God out with the bathwater. They've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. And as a result of that, at least it has to play some factor, some component some period some point something in the in the in the example here in the equation uh, of why people more so today than six seven years ago more people believe in hell today than in 2014 62 percent of people plus believe in hell according to a pew research poll it's not just hell that they believe in but People also just don't believe in God uh, and really any kind of God. I mean, it's 81% believe in a God or some kind of divinity, but the 
percentage of people, even 81%, is down substantially, a new low, according to a Gallup poll. And that was as of 2017. So there's been a slow decline in the number of people that believe in God, but there's been a pretty pretty steady incline of the people that believe in hell or believe in in the devil or whatever the case is. Plus, there is, and this is something that really frustrates me, there's a big increase in the number of people that practiced Wic- practice Wiccanism, paganism, folk magic, etc. Now, the reason that this, this frustrates me is because if you were to come into my studio, just a spare room in my apartment, and you were to look around the studio and you would see a wheel of the year, you'd see some ruins, you know, you would see... Uh, you know, plants and a shrine and you'd see all sorts of things that you might make a quick judgment and think, well, he's a, he's a, some people would just go, he's a Satanist. Even though I've got like two Bibles and a bunch of other religious texts on my shelf behind me here. Uh, but people might think you're pagan or Wiccan or whatever. You got a, you got a witch thing hanging on your wall. It's like, you know, witchcraft and paganism, they have a really bad name too, just like, you know, institutional religion does. And witchcraft and paganism, you call them earth-based religions. The, the, the witch's calendar, the witch's, you know, new year, uh, the witch's wheel, if you will, the wheel of the year, is just a movement of the the seasons, a changing of the seasons, right? You go from Yule and Letha, uh, winter solstice to summer solstice, to the fall equinox and spring equinox, Mabon and Ostara. We just passed Ostara, and then we're approaching Eostra or Easter, uh, coming up, you know, with Passover and Ramadan and Passover and Easter. And that creates the cross on the wheel. And then you have the other spokes, which are Imbolc and Luknasad, Samhain and Beltane, which is the next Sabbat we're approaching as the midpoint between the spring equinox and the summer solstice. That's actually science. That's not really paganism. That's actually science. It's not really religion. It's actually science. It's astronomy. It's understanding uh, the mechanisms of the heavens and the rotation of the planet and the changing of the seasons. It's also agriculture, uh, necessary things to less technologically advanced people. They needed to understand when to plant. You know, if they didn't know when to plant, food wasn't going to grow and they would starve to death. So the sun, the moon, the stars, the seasons, these are all very, very important things. Okay, that's what Wiccanism and Paganism is. What Wiccanism and Paganism is not is you go to a local bookstore and you find a book that teaches you how to hex, which is so stupid and dangerous, and then you go home and you get pictures of Donald Trump and you just like stab it a bunch of times. Because what you're actually stabbing is your own soul. Let's put it that way. And that's what a lot of bookstores are riddled with. Use magic to do this. Or, and I'm not saying magic is a bad thing. I'm not really a practitioner of magic. Uh, not a ceremonial magician. I know quite a few things, but I'm not, I don't practice that. Uh, there, most magic is just about connecting with your the higher self, who you are internally, your holy guardian angel. Uh, it's connecting with source, with God. It's just like basically praying. There's nothing wrong with that. But in the same way that religions really all religions have a really or people have a bad taste in their mouth about religions and institutional religions have sort of defamed what the 
the real core foundational pillars or, or structure of, of the philosophy is all about. Wiccanism and paganism, etc., have also been scarred by those same institutions. So that people think Wiccanism and paganism is like, it's just, it's just for women. Women can be witches. No, men can be witches too. I even said this on the air Monday. I said, I think if you want to describe me or define me as anything, you probably define me as a witch. But I'm also not a witch. <laughs> it, when I, when you, people get freaked out when you say those words. But Wiccanism, paganism, witchcraft, these are just things that have to do with nature and the changing of the seasons. That's all I mean when I say I'm a witch because I'm aware of those things. That's it. You can be a Christian and be aware of it. If you're a Christian and you're aware of the seasons and you like the fall, the winter, the spring, the summer, that makes you a witch. Okay, It's not a witch where you're cutting the, the throats of chickens and sacrificing babies. That's Hollywood stuff. Okay, That's delusional stuff. That's ridiculous, nonsensical stuff. And if you're using it to try to harm other people or to hex the president or, you know, there's there's a book called Magic for the Resistance about creating talismans and magical wands to hurt Republicans. It's like that's <laughs> you don't believe in God or whatever, but that's fine. But there's a universal energy that will come back and smack you in the in the face. Stab people to stab in a picture of Donald Trump. Morons, absolute morons or people stabbing a picture of Joe Biden. It's the same kind of a thing. Okay, so the point is here. People's belief generally in the United States in God has declined. People's belief in hell has inclined or it's increased. Belief in witchcraft, Wiccan, paganism has also increased. But is that really witchcraft and paganism? In the same way that people's belief in God has declined, but is that because they don't believe in God or they don't trust the church which they associate with God? These are important things because you can believe in God or the concept of God, the ethos of God, without actually being a Catholic or whatever. And you can believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I believe Jesus was a real person. Probably many people. Christ was a title. Messiah was a title. That doesn't mean that I go to church every Sunday. Plus, you don't have to do that to be a Christian anyway. Uh Arguably, Islam is the next stage of Christianity for some people. For others, they think it's a heathenistic religion because Islam has been scarred. The good parts have been scarred. There are good parts of Islam. Islam has been scarred. I mean, a lot of religions are just uh, ways to maintain social order, whether that's for power or just to maintain the rule of law. Some, somebody's always looking. Somebody's always paying attention. These are the commandments from God. And we would never have probably gotten to where we are in civilization today without religion. So some argue that we could move on beyond religion. We don't need religion anymore. And maybe we don't. For some people, they don't. Some people, they find New Ageism or whatever you know, they call that, whatever they consider that to be. But the point to all this is, as people don't believe in God as much, but believe more in hell and, and don't believe in religion, but start to kind of find their own religion, if you will, uh, we're throwing, again, not only the baby out with the bathwater, but that that's a big baby you're throwing out. Because you're also throwing out the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not kill. If you say, well, I reject that because it's a commandment, it's a rule, it's a law, it's man-made. Well, I mean, in a sense, everything's kind of man-made. In a sense, God's kind of man-made. The concept of God is kind of man-made. doesn't mean God's man-made. But if you just say, well... I don't believe the Ten Commandments because it's man-made, so I'm going to go kill. That's that's what you're saying. And that doesn't make any logical sense. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I'm going to go kill people because it just, that's my religion. 
says a lot of satanic groups today, although Satanists traditionally disavow that kind of thing. So we, we've run into a problem, a big problem. We have a really hard time figuring out what is real and what is not real, what is observable and what is not observable. Uh, more so in the sense that we reject the good and we accept the bad or we reject the good and accept the, the evil. Uh, you know, even our conceptions of heaven and hell, the opposite of heaven, light and warmth and love is not the hell that most of us think. The, think I, I, you, you figure that out before I say it. How is hell described? A fiery pit burning and suffering and etc. What is heaven? Well, the opposite of burning and suffering would be not burning. But heaven is light and associate that with the sun and gold and pearly gates, etc. Hell, therefore, the opposite would be it would be really dark and it would be really cold. And that's how you would suffer, not in a fiery pit. That's a later creation of hell. So people believe in hell. The percentage is according to, to Newsweek and a, a, a relatively recent poll from two years ago, Pew Research. 62% of Americans believe in hell. But like I said earlier, what exactly is hell? How do you define hell? Last night... Yesterday afternoon, I'm not sure exactly what the time was, uh, Pope Francis went to the hospital. And the Vatican was was actually quite open about what happened. He had a respiratory infection. okay, And he goes to the hospital, uh, Gamelli University Hospital in Rome. And Pope Francis is 86 years old, so he's an old guy. And uh, which I guess in the United States would make him eligible for the Democratic nomination for president. Old and senile and kind of kind of crazy and sick. They definitely vote for him to, for uh, you know to be. Uh, I'm just <laughs> I just my own little bias. But anyway, Pope Francis goes to Gamella University Hospital in Rome. He's got a respiratory infection. Now most of you know that he already is operating on on one leg or one lung. He has one lung. And when Pope Francis went to the hospital, he, you know, he says and his, his staff say he just needs a few days to kind of recover. But, you know, when you got a respiratory infection, 86 years old, you, you usually any kind of infection, whatever you choose, to, whatever you choose to define that as, usually you don't really recover that well. And I don't know if it's so much of an infection as it is like the body's just last throws of life and then you die. I'm not saying he's going to die today, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if he dies in the next few weeks, the next few months, Pope Francis, that is. So he has some difficulties, respiratory issues. He goes, he gets some medical checks. They say he doesn't have COVID-19. You know, if it was politically necessary to say that he did, they would say that he did. It doesn't matter. It's all just a, a BS test that doesn't actually test for a virus. It tests for associations. Uh, according to ABC News, we don't know exactly what kind of respiratory infection or what kind of care he received. This is the first time the Vatican has publicly announced that he's gone to the hospital since he underwent surgery to have part of his colon removed in July of 2021. So Pope Francis goes to the hospital. Now, I want you to think about this. So this week, Newsweek says, 
Satan is everywhere. Satan is huge in pop culture, podcasts, radio shows, TV, movies, etc. And according to Pew Research, more people now today believe in hell than at any time in the past. And as more people believe in hell, actually less people believe in God. It's not just like a, a gain some, lose some. It's, it's, a, it's very, I don't know if it's the same people that believe these things, but statistically, roughly speaking, less people believe in God, more people believe in hell. And even if, just because you believe in hell doesn't mean that you don't believe in God. Obviously, if you believe in God, you probably believe in hell. But alongside of the belief in hell is also a super quick increasing belief in the perversions of earth-based religions, the elements, the elementals, the changing of the seasons, so Wiccanism, paganism, etc. More people believe in hell. More people are beginning to attach themselves to these sort of alternative earth-based religions, and less people believe in God, and of course less people have faith in institutional religion in particular, but then any religion really that's associated with the goodness and qualities of God and things like that. And when you see this frail, ailing pope, and he goes to the hospital, he's only got one lung anyway, and he goes to the hospital with a respiratory infection. And you look at the state of the Vatican and everything that Francis has done. If you're me, you think of Leo Zagami. You think of Pope Francis, the last pope. That book he wrote about the decline of the Catholic Church. You look at all the things that Pope Francis has done as Pope. He's really worked backwards, at least in the eyes of a lot of traditional Catholics. Now, if you know anything about the prophecy of the Pope, 900 or so years ago, an Irish saint named Malachi predicted that the last Pope will be called Patris Romanus, or Peter the Roman, and would preside over the destruction of Rome. You could interpret this in a lot of ways, of course. Catholic prophecies also tell of an antichrist who will betray the Catholic faith. Perhaps that's a concept more than an actual individual. Perhaps that's a series of popes, or perhaps that's whoever controls the Vatican. In more recent times, the apparition of Our Lady of America, sort of a partially approved apparition, warned in 1981 that certain priests and consecrated virgins were caught up in a, quote, web of evil, which included, quote, unnatural acts, while others were teaching false doctrines and repudiating the sacraments. And when you start to think about all of these different predictions of how the church will fall, uh, how Rome will fall, Petraeus Romanus, uh, the Antichrist, uh, apparitions warning of this evil in the church, I mean, this, this has been the case since biblical times. The corruption of, of the elite, the corruption of the priests, the corruption of uh, the, the house of, of, of the Lord. This isn't new stuff. And what we call the Antichrist or what we call the last pope, I think these are really conceptual things. Conceptual in the sense that they're not singular individuals per se, because whoever, because there will be another pope after Pope Francis, whether he dies this week, next week, or he, he resigns. Uh, reportedly, he has a resignation letter that's already set. Uh, due, and he, he, it was written when he took, took office because of his medical conditions. Uh, Leo Zagami said, we'd sat him on the show recently, Leo Zagami said that the Vatican is preparing for the activation of another papal conclave to elect a new pope. And this time, and I agree with Leo on this, uh, from Africa. And this is about 
It's like the, I don't know if it's exactly, but it's pretty close to the 10-year anniversary marker of the first resignation in modern times of a pope, which would be Pope Benedict XVI or Ratzinger. And remember, Ratzinger resigned his position. Popes don't resign. Popes are poison. Popes die. Popes don't resign. That's just not a thing that really happens. Ratzinger resigned. Ten years later, now we have Jorge Mario Bergoglio, Pope Francis, very terrible criminal background, evil, evil person as far as I'm concerned. Uh, But Pope Francis has really decimated the foundational pillars of Catholicism. And the, the resignation of Ratzinger led to Pope Francis becoming Pope. And who is Jorge Mario Bergoglio? He's a Jesuit. Talked about the Jesuits with Brad Olson recently and with Leo Zagami recently. How influential, how powerful, how really how evil, how controlling the Jesuits are. Uh, now, throughout history, six popes have abdicated the position uh, for definite during the history of the Vatican. And it's likely that what's going to happen next, and I, again, I, this is where I agree with Leo Zagami. I think he's he's usually very spot on about all these all these things. They're going to elect a black pope. Not a figurative black pope, but an actual uh, black pope. And just like Barack Obama, look, listen, look, listen. Use race. Use a black, a literal black pope as a as a controlling uh, puppet of what's left of the of the, of the of the the Vatican's original let's call it spiritual power. But you you know that as Jesus taught, supposedly taught. You know, the, the, the pillar, the rock, the, the church itself, it really is a, a thing that is contrary to many of the teachings of Christ. I'm not saying the Catholic Church is evil completely. I'm not saying the institutional religion is evil completely. But what Pope Francis has done really has positioned him to be the last pope. But again, conceptually, Ratzinger steps down. That gives us the first Jesuit pope. If uh, Francis dies or if he steps down because reportedly he has this resignation letter, he's very sick, one lung. The other one, he's got a respiratory infection and reportedly very sick, very frail. If he dies or if he resigns soon, I mean, either way, he, I, I doubt the guy's going to live to 95, 100 years old. But it, you know, if he dies relatively soon, which I would say that he's probably going to be removed pretty soon. And I say that because... Look at who died just a few months ago. Ratzinger died, who stepped down 10 so years ago to give us Pope Francis. Ratzinger died, and then just a few weeks later, the queen died. I won't be surprised if Francis dies by the end of this year or early next year. I won't be surprised if he lives longer than that either. I I don't know. I'm not making a prediction. But it's not just Ratzinger dying and the queen dying. It's also... With Pope Francis's condition, think about the Queen, you think about London, you think about Pope Francis, the Ratzinger, you think about the Vatican. What about what's happening in the States? Look at Joe Biden. Look at this guy who, it doesn't, really, I mean, if you can't realize that Joe Biden is a combination of suffering from dementia and, and mental illness and rabid zealot ideology, then you might have a mental issue a mental condition, something that needs to be solved. The guy is frail. 
He doesn't know where he's at. He can barely speak half the time. And his scumbag wife just keeps pushing him up there, pushing him up there, just like Fetterman's wife, which Fetterman's, by the way, the senator from Pennsylvania, how in God's name he got elected. And it wasn't fraudulent is beyond me. But Fetterman's like in a psychiatric ward now. It is, it's just, it's a symbol. It's a, the people behind the scenes are making the decisions, right? And with Joe Biden, like Jesus Christ, the guy is, he needs to be in a retirement home, not in the White House. It's not about politics. It's just, he's insane. Like he's lost his mind. That's dangerous. But people keep going on about how Donald Trump just got indicted. Oh, he got indicted. Donald Trump's indicted. I'm so happy people having parties and celebrating. That's really what makes you happy? Look at the downfall of the presidents, the popes, and the queen. The rise of a belief in hell and the rise of Prince Charles. And you start to get an idea. You can start to get a kind of a picture of what's happening here. The main centers of power, of military might, of spiritual power, of, of economic power are being plucked. Like little daisies, little flowers, little horns. And that's leading to something a lot darker and a lot more unified and global coming to power. Whether it's the One World Religious Center in Abu Dhabi, uh, or it is the rise of a black pope, a literal literal black pope, uh, and the merging of all religions together, whether that includes aliens or whatever the case might be. There is a turning point and something is rising and evil is rising. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Please subscribe to the show. Please buy a copy of one of my books at thesecretteachings.info and stay with us. There's another hour after this. Don't go anywhere. From para-history and the paranormal to the parapolitical and para-occult, you're listening to The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Want to hear more of The Secret Teachings radio show? Search for the show on any radio or podcast player or find links and a free archive at thesecretteachings.info. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You know you can listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. I don't need it. Or in the free archive on our website, thesecretteachings.info, or on any radio or podcast player or application. I don't need it. But you can also subscribe to our ad-free archive, now hosted by Aftermath.media. Definitely don't need it. There's the basic and premium option. You get the montages, my digital books, and more. For those of you who already have 
have a Secret Teaching subscription, you can still keep that subscription. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info or aftermath.media and subscribe today. I need it! Listening to the Secret Teachings Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us. You can listen to the Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. If you have trouble listening there, please reach out to us and let us know if there's a glitch or something. But usually when people have trouble listening, they're listening on the, the wrong platform. I mean, I still have people message me, they're like, I can't hear you on the fringe FM anymore. Well, I'm not I've been on the fringe FM for like a year, so I don't <laughs> Where have you been? I haven't been there. I don't know where you've been, but GroundZero.Radio, Monday through Friday. Search The Secret Teachings on any radio or podcast player. Okay, I'm not begging you. I'm just asking you just to, to listen for a second intently. And please go to the Apple Podcast Player or any other player you listen to the show on. Please leave us a review. And when you leave the review, make sure that it actually posts. That would really help us out. Leave us a couple of stars, whatever you think we deserve. That would really help us out. And listen to the free archive as much as you want over and over again. Download them, stream them. Please share the free archive everywhere because we get paid when you do that. And we do this show professionally five nights a week. And that's how we we make our money is through the free archive. Uh, and of course, when you subscribe or when so many of you lovely listeners out there, men and women alike, have uh, donated to our fundraiser to go to Contact in the Desert. I mean, so much of what we've been able to accomplish in uh, radio and in this field or whatever you want to call it over the years is because people have you know supported us financially to go to events like that and to make connections and contacts and literal contacts, Contact in the Desert, and then to you know to bring you uh, bring you information back and hopefully a really raw, objective perspective. And that's my goal. That's what I intend to do here on the show. Tonight we've taken a look at so far the hospitalization of Pope Francis Jorge Mario Bergoglio. Pope Francis is in the hospital because he has a quote respiratory infection. He went to the hospital uh, yesterday. This was big news yesterday morning, went to the hospital and he had this respiratory infection and when he's he's at the hospital uh, reportedly, you know, he has his, he has his breakfast this morning and he reads a newspaper and he's all standard boilerplate type of media press release type stuff. And, uh, he had initially said that, you know, he only needed a few days to recover. The Vatican says he's doing, he's doing okay. He's doing well, whether he's doing okay or well or not, it's really not the point the, 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 the point is he's, he's got one lung that's functioning. He had a part of his colon removed two years ago. He's 86 years old. And his decisions, or whoever makes the decisions for him, have absolutely decimated the foundational pillars of traditional Catholicism, you know, universalism, which is what Catholic means. 
And a lot of Catholics just cannot recognize how, I guess you could say, how corrupt, how uh, how evil, uh, how whatever uh, Pope Francis really is. I mean, the guy, you study his background, his history, this is not a good guy. And in the Vatican, in the position of, of being Pope, I mean, he really only has that position because what some would argue is a Jesuit coup. You know, the, the, he's the first official Jesuit pope, reportedly, you know, from what I understand. And uh, it's only because Ratzinger, who just died a few weeks ago, a few months ago, back in late 2022. It's only because Ratzinger died, uh, or he, he stepped down, rather. He died last year. It's only because he stepped down that Pope Francis became the Pope. Uh, Ratzinger actually died the very end of 2022, like December 31st. He didn't even, he barely, almost kind of made it to 2023. He died uh, December 31st, reportedly. But uh, he stepped down 10 years ago, and that led to the rise of this Jesuit Pope. And our friend Leo Zagami wrote a really fascinating, all of his works were just so fascinating. He wrote a really fascinating book called Pope Francis, The Last Pope. Now, you could interpret that as, I'm not going to decipher the book for you, but if you, you can interpret that as like Pope Francis is the last actual pope. There won't be another pope after Pope Francis. But to the contrary, on the contrary, there will be another pope after Pope Francis. It's just a question of who that pope is. It doesn't really matter, but there will be another pope after Pope Francis. The idea of there being a last pope, as told in Catholic prophecy, for example, the Irish Saint Malachi about a thousand years ago or so, said the last pope will be called Peter the Roman or Patris Romanus, who would preside over the destruction of Rome. Catholic prophecies, of course, tell of an antichrist, and the apparition of Our Lady of America warned in 1981 that priests and consecrated virgins and people in the church are involved in this web of evil. And with Ratzinger's resignation and the rise of Pope Francis, Bergoglio, this Jesuit pope to power. And then looking just into the into the the crystal ball of the past, if you will, and watching Elizabeth die on September 8th, 2022, and then Ratzinger die on December 31st, 2022, really within weeks of each other. And watching the the sycophants on social media and the QAnon people be like, yeah, we got him. We killed him. We got him. We finally got to him. It's like, do you know how old these people were? <laughs> Ratzinger was 95 years old. Okay. The queen was like, what? what is she? 96 years old when she died. The white hats didn't get to these people. They just died. Okay. They just died. But the point is when this happened, a lot of people recognized that with the death of a pope and the death of a queen and the rapid, like, visual, you can see it in real time, visual deterioration physically and mentally of uh, the president of the United States and of the office of the president of the United States. Like, the last pope is not a physical person. The last pope is a doctrine, I, I would call it. It's a, it's a doctrine that leads to the decimation, the destruction, and ultimately the rebirth of the church and, the, and, and Christ and all of this. And it's the same thing with the president. Like 
the, the defamation of the Oval Office, the defamation of, of the executive branch, the blaming of everything on Donald Trump so they can set up Joe Biden to be the savior when most of the time he's not even in the White House. He's in a fake White House set, which is mainstream news. They build a set. He's not even in the White House half the time. It's all fake. It's all staged. Uh, and you look at Joe Biden, the guy is physically deteriorating. Now, you, maybe you just you literally just tuned into this show and you're like, oh, here he goes, another Republican. Not a Republican, dunce, okay? I'm saying if you look at Joe Biden, you watch him physically and mentally deteriorate, shake hands with the air like Chuck Schumer does, another psychopath, and you watch Joe Biden's wife push him into the spotlight even though he's clearly suffering from some severe mental problems and you know he makes those weird, bizarre, disturbing comments about how good the kids look at this press conference the other day after the Covenant shooting and how he, he's got a bunch of ice cream upstairs. And I mean, that's like pedophile stuff, first of all. But second of all, it's almost very it's just childlike because the guy's falling apart. And it, it just can't be coincidental that w- you, you may remember this. If you don't remember this, just a quick recap. Uh, Clyde Lewis on Ground Zero a couple of years ago was doing a, a Ouija board session, and the the spirit, the the energy that came through that they were speaking to on air was named Doctor Heldor. I don't know if you remember this, recall this, and I th- I don't know how exactly long it was after that, but a couple, it was at least a couple of months uh, around Halloween. It was probably two years, maybe even three years ago. Now two years ago, last year two two, three years ago, uh, I did a, uh, a Ouija board session and, uh, I was doing it with somebody who didn't know who Dr. Heldor was. They no idea. They didn't listen to Clyde and it's the board spelled out that Dr. Heldor was speaking with us. And I did, I did my own show, uh, some like Dr. Heldor's house call or something. I think it was called. It's in the archive at the secret teachings.info. Just search that Dr. Heldor, H E L L D O O R. I think it's like a, a pink graphic or something. But anyway, I did, we did the, the board session and, uh, you know, Heldor comes through to me and then Clyde and I ended up doing another show or two. And I think he's talked about it since then. The one thing that Dr. Heldor had said, the two things that he really said that stood out or she said or whatever it is, was that uh, the Antichrist is Aurora, the light. You can interpret that as the, there's a real, there's really is an, an Aurora supercomputer or there's the Aurora, um, you know, which is light, goddess of light, but that's could be a false light, right? So Aurora is the Antichrist. So that's the one thing. And then the second thing was to watch for your P's and your Q's, which Clyde interpreted, I interpreted it as popes and queens, because at the time, this this could actually, I don't know when it was, this could actually date the uh, the the board session. Uh, the the board uh, or the spirit speaking through the board, Doctor Heldor had said that uh, Donald Trump, the president, would end up you know in a hospital. He'd be sick, and that ended up happening very shortly after that. So take it with a grain of salt. But the interpretation we got after many sessions was that the Pope, uh, presidents, uh, the president, and a queen were going to suffer some setbacks, or going to pass away, or step down. And after those board sessions, we, we move more into contemporary times now. And, and what happened? The queen dies in September of last year. Ratzinger died in December of last year, almost January 1st, but December 31st last year, 2022. 
and you see visually and physically and mentally Joe Biden deteriorating. So there's your queen, your Q, and then your P's, your Pope, and your president. And Ratzinger, remember, Ratzinger stepped down, and that gave us Pope Francis. Now, Pope Francis is in the hospital. And we don't know for sure, you know, any specific details. They just told us he had breakfast and read a newspaper and he's doing okay. But he's got one lung. He's 86 years old. They say old people get infections and die. Maybe it's an infection. I don't think it's probably an infection. I think it's just old age. Your body just detoxifies one last time and you pass on. But he's he's really old. He's clearly physically frail, just like Joe Biden is. And he's deteriorating quite rapidly. On a, on a global stage. And Pope Francis has really overturned the traditional values, et cetera, of the Catholic Church. Uh, everything from, from gay marriage to it just opened all the borders and one world religion and one world currency, all things that were conspiracy theories 10, 15 years ago. But now we're like, we need to do these things to save the world from climate change and evil Russians. So Pope Francis has done all those things that for traditional Catholics really are in opposition to, I mean, I'm not a Catholic, but in opposition to what traditional Catholics tend to believe. A lot of Catholics have stuck with the Pope because apparently the Pope and the Vatican are more important than the teachings of Christ. And that's the problem with institutional religions, certainly. But we shouldn't throw the whole religion out. We shouldn't throw the Ten Commandments out. We shouldn't throw the the, the, the guidance of Christ out, etc. Uh, the spiritual aspects of it, the praying, etc. We shouldn't throw all that out. Because right now, the Vatican is just like the Church of you know, the Church of Sid, the Temple of Set, or the Satanic Church. It's just, it's politics masquerading as religion. That's all that it is. It's a political ideology that is less and less veiled every day, very super thinly veiled, masquerading as a religion. And, you know, I, the best example, I mean, it's really such a, such a parallel between the Satanic Temple filing lawsuits in Idaho and other states saying that abortion is their religious right. But it's just a it's just a super extremist left wing group saying we're Satanists and we have a right to kill children. You might be Satanist, but you don't have a right to kill children. That's not a that's not a religious right. You dunce. (laughs) That's not a religious right. Okay, but that's what they say. It's politics masquerading as religion. The Vatican, with all their open borders, gay marriage, dissolve the family. Like, who is a Catholic and is like, yeah, that's, I like that. That sounds right. I'm not a Catholic. I know that's not Catholicism. So who is Pope Francis? Other than being a Jesuit, who is Pope Francis? Pope Francis is, he's a Jesuit. Pope Francis has a really dark background. And he came to power because Ratzinger stepped down. And now he's really sick. He might step down. He has a resignation letter reportedly prepared for you know being ill or if he's unable to really function to write one or you know he, he will eventually either pass away or he will resign and a new pope will be elected. Now, Leo Zagami, our good friend, who always has such kind of groundbreaking, mind-shattering information, uh, Leo Zagami is saying that, uh, and I... I tend to agree with him. I think that this is probably what's going to happen. The Vatican is already uh, searching for another pope. Uh, they've already activated the, you know, a pope, a papal conclave to elect a new pope, and it's probably going to be a pope from Africa. They're going to go the race route, and they're going to pick a literal, not a figurative, but a literal black pope 
And that just plays into the Great Reset. That plays into the 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 whole race-based, Marxist, communist uh, influence and evil that is so surging in Western civilization right now. Uh, it's the foundation of politics in the United States, race-based everything, which is, well, that's the history of the Democratic Party. And the Democratic Party uh, in 1828 was founded to preserve slavery based on racism before it wasn't ever based on race anywhere in the world was never based on race. Everybody, everybody was a slave, white people, black people, Irish people, you name it. Um, the Arabs transported more slaves across the Sahara than the people that were transported across the Atlantic. You can read about all that in my new book, Liberty Shrugged, by the way, a very well documented. Uh, I think it's a pretty fascinating book. It's not all about that, but there's a big, big chunk of it that is about that. Uh, so you have, the Democratic Party in 1828 that was really founded to preserve a race-based form of slavery. Then in the late 19th, early 20th century, uh, they became, I mean, out of London, we get the idea of eugenics. Uh, and that racist uh, KKK eugenics, Margaret Sanger um, ideology uh, merged with what or became what would become Nazism. And what we call what we might call liberal fascism because liberals were super in support of of Hitler and his, his war machine and now they say oh that's the right well politically speaking it's actually the left Hitler was a leftist not a rightist but that doesn't really both sides are super corrupt it doesn't really matter but the point is these are the same people because the Vatican helped through all the rat lines they helped a lot of Nazis get out of harm's way and escape and to carry on their experiments or to just live out their life without being prosecuted and, you know, executed for war crimes. The Vatican, the super, the super uh, powerful Vatican helped the eugenicist, racist Nazis, which were supported by liberal Democrats in the early 20th century, which was just an outgrowth of the Ku Klux Klan and the race-based politics of the, 20, of the 19th century. Because slavery wasn't about race until uh, the early part of the 19th century. At least here in America and other countries, it might have been more on race, more on religion. Originally, it was more on religion. Muslims could enslave Christians. Christians could enslave Muslims. Religion, you know, was the defining factor. Then it was race. So it's just an outgrowth of that. This is the, this is, the Vatican is the same, the same hub of all of that racism and bigotry and hatred and corruption. That's why they're so close to the ideologies of the Democratic Party in the West and other various similar parties around the world. The, 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 the virtual identical nature of how some countries decide to handle a pandemic or decide to handle certain, uh, certain cultural or social or economic issues, it's like it's all coming from a central place. Like, when you, like I've said it many times, you go to different cities in the U.S. and I was just in Austin, Texas, and I was told the same thing... I, unprovoked kind of, uh, you know, they don't prosecute criminals in Austin, Texas, really. And that city's gotten out of control. And I'm thinking, well, why is the same thing in Austin happening that's happening in Tucson and happening in Portland and San Francisco? Somebody's getting orders to just just follow these orders. Don't prosecute crimes. It's all coming from the same place. That's, that's my point about the Vatican. And so it's very likely that Pope Francis is either going to step down, he's going to kind of retire, step down soon, or uh, he's going to die soon. Either way, the Vatican obviously has a uh, a plan in place to elect a new pope uh, in general, but they've probably 
already gone through the steps of, of searching. They probably already have picked out the next pope. So when it comes to the last pope, uh, Francis won't be the last physical pope. It's not like the Vatican's going to actually crumble into itself and just disappear. But what Pope Francis did as a Jesuit, as a result of Ratzinger stepping down 10 years ago, is really just destroy, defame, demean, degrade, etc., uh, Catholic values. And, and, and in doing that, uh, I mean, he really destroyed the position of, of, of the Pope. Uh, and he really destroyed the position of, of the church, what was left of the, of the church. And this has really driven people uh, or contributed to the driving of people, I think, to alternative religions uh, or Satanism, as Newsweek is reporting. People are just like they're in love with Satanism and, and forever that was denied and Christians said it and people denied it. And now it's just like, yeah, every TV show, movie, podcast, it's all about Satan. We love Satan. We love the devil. But, you know, of course, not all that is just all devil worship or loving Satan because you more people now believe in hell than ever before. That could be because they became, you know, Christians or they became, you know, they obtained faith or whatever the case is. But less people believe in God, more people have these other alternative religions and really distorted versions of other religions. Like Wiccans think that, and I don't want to speak for Wiccans, but I've seen a lot of Wiccans that think like Wiccanism is let's sacrifice a black chicken and like, uh, you know, some of these pop stars and celebrities, like the girl, Zelia Banks or something, the girl that was literally sacrificing chickens in her closet and she does like a, she does a video about it. And she's like, I was just practicing some Santeria in here. It's just like fun and comical. Why is, you know, a very like artistic, open-minded, liberal Hollywood and music industry. Why do they all believe the same thing? It doesn't make, unless it's a cult. It's probably what it is. It's probably a cult. So Pope Francis is probably going to either step down or die relatively soon. However you decide to break it down. And uh, when that happens, you're probably going to see uh, 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 probably a black pope, uh, or at least the emergence of the, the figurative black pope more so than ever, and the continued decline of the Catholic Church, because the real goal, the real point of all this is destroying the spiritual center of power, even if it's symbolic, the death of the queen, the destruction of, of the perception of power in London, and the decline of the president, the destruction, the demeaning, the defaming, the degrading of the office of the president, the executive branch, the United States, the military power of the world, uh, the moral power of the world, at least people like to think they are as U.S. citizens. And by removing those three power centers, that's how you make way for the Great Reset. Uh, this is how you make way for the, the, uh, the new world. This is how you make way for the rebirth of something. And it's, it's a, in a way, it's a powerful hermetic axiom. It's really the, 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 the life and the death and the resurrection. Uh, but it's also a period of, of tribulation, of division, of schism, etc., of infighting, of apostasy, of, of hatred and vile and, and, and vitriol. Uh, of anger and and uh, dichotomy and polarity and racism and things that are created that otherwise aren't there to throw us back into a new dark age to consolidate power, just like banks do, giving out you know loans to people that can't afford them and then raising interest rates and then calling in the loans and then gobbling up all the real property. This is done in a religious way as well. And as I've quoted so many times here on the show, Daniel 7, 8 
the book of Daniel, Daniel 7, 8. While I was thinking about the horns, there before me was another horn, a little horn, a little one, which came up among them. And three of the first horns were uprooted before that. This horn had eyes like the eyes of a human being and a mouth that spoke boastfully. I've always interpreted that, especially very recently I've interpreted that, those three horns as being the Vatican, the German royal family, quote-unquote, Saxe-Cobergatha, or the Windsors, and President of the United States, the White House, and the United States. And, um, you know, the, the, the indictment of President Trump, I'm, I'm, I know that everybody's talking about that today. Um, it, it, it probably isn't going to lead to anything at all. Remember the day when Trump, he was supposed to be arrested, but he's like, yeah, arrest him, arrest him, arrest him. It's like, okay, the, the, you know, the people on the right say the same thing about Biden, and they call him a libtard, and they say, F Joe Biden. And then on the other side, people say, hang him, execute him, Donald Trump, put him in jail, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, how are those two things different? And the answer is they're not. It's just two rabid uh, ideologies. It's zealotry. Fighting and arguing and screaming at each other to kill and arrest and imprison. Total opposite of how our system of government is supposed to work, theoretically. But that is the undermining of our system of government. So everybody's talking about Donald Trump's indicted. What's going to happen next? Uh, probably not much. Probably not much. But the whole point is, all you have to do is show people Trump was investigated, he was indicted, and everybody thinks he's going to prison, he's gone. He, he'll still run for president, you know that, right? The indictment's not going to mean anything. Even know what an indictment is? Most people don't even know what an, indi- an indictment is. He's indicted, he's going to prison. It's not, it's not what an indictment is. It's just a formal charge or a formal ac- uh, accusation of a crime. It's a, like a formal deck, like when Congress passes a resolution. You know, we formally condemn this. Okay, you made a statement. He's been indicted. He's going to jail, people say. Uh, these are the people that are voting? These are the people that are, you know, like building roads and planes and the people that are like, he's indicted, he's going to jail. The same people that tell airlines to land on top of other airlines at the airport. <laughs> An indictment is not putting somebody in prison. Sure, it might lead to that, but it's it it just is a formal condemnation. <laughs> it's a formal bringing of accusations against somebody. So calm down, okay? And I, I personally, I don't care because... Everybody's saying, oh, he's going to get arrested. And he did get arrested. He's going to get indicted. Oh, he finally got indicted. Everybody's so Maxine Waters, the lady that called for, basically called for insurrection and called for violence against Republicans. She's all excited. Everybody's having a good day, partying. It's like, what is wrong with you? You're, you're celebrating that a president has been indicted on something that you don't even know what indictment means. On something that probably won't lead to anything, at the very least because of the statute of limitations because of a rigged, corrupt grand jury in Manhattan. You're happy about that? About a weaponization and the corruption of the justice system? About an overriding of of at least the idea, the concept of democracy? How much sicker can you get? 
It's like this people that are like, oh, I still love the Vatican and Pope Francis. And like you, you can be a Republican without liking Trump. You can be a Democrat without hating Trump. You can be a Catholic without loving Pope Francis. These are possible things to do. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. From parahistory and the paranormal to the parapolitical and para-occult, you're listening to The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Want to hear more of The Secret Teachings radio show? Search for the show on any radio or podcast player or find links and a free archive at thesecretteachings.info. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You know you can listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. I don't need it. Or in the free archive on our website, thesecretteachings.info, or on any radio or podcast player or application. I don't need it. But you can also subscribe to our ad-free archive, now hosted by Aftermath.media. Definitely don't need it. There's the basic and premium option. You get the montages, my digital books, and more. For those of you who already have a Secret Teaching subscription, you can still keep that subscription. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info or aftermath.media and subscribe today. I need it! Listening to the Secret Teachings Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you so much for joining us. I don't know about you, but it seems pretty interesting, to say the least. Certainly not a coincidence. At the same week of the Covenant School shooting, we have Pope Francis, who goes to the hospital for an infection in his good working lung. We have word that he has a resignation letter prepared. It's been prepared for a while because he's been sick. He's 86 years old, visibly deteriorating, just like Joe Biden. And the Covenant shooting, if you listen to our shows Tuesday and Wednesday this week, the Covenant shooting took place at 10, 13 a.m., but most news outlets said about 10 a.m., and it just so happens to be 
that the 10th plague visited upon Egypt was the taking of life of the firstborn. And it just so happens to be that this last week, not only did we have the covenant shooting, we also had a number of babies that just stopped breathing up here in the desert city of Phoenix. Of course, the Phoenix is very associated with ancient Egypt. And it's almost as if Abazu or Mashit or it's Mashit, not Ma, Mashit, Hit, Mash, Hit. It's Mashit or the angel of death, generally speaking, uh, visited those babies. So that takes us back to the story of Passover, which is approaching us rapidly. And it makes us think with the covenant shooting and with Passover, Passover leads to the Exodus, leads to the bringing of the Ten Commandments down from Mount Sinai. Of course, two of the people killed in the shooting, two of the adults, uh, were named Hill and Peak Mountain, like Mount Sinai. Uh, I believe all three were over 60, which is interesting because you have three people over 60, 666, and of the 200 kids at the school, which the media reported on many times, three of the kids were killed. That's 200 divided by three. You do the math. It's 666. It's actually 66.6, but 666. Huh. That's kind of strange. And the covenant, covenant school, the covenant is the agreement between God and his chosen people. And then the Pope goes to the hospital this week. One lung, 86 years old, very sick. And I saw this really weird story to just top it all off. A a man in Chicago, this was the Chicago Tribune. A man in Chicago created an image of Pope Francis that went very viral online. Uh, it looks like Pope Francis has some kind of, uh, I don't know what you would call it, like puffy like jacket on, or it just looks very strange. Uh, you can see a picture of it if you go to our uh, our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. Give us a like while you're there. Uh, sometimes I also realize I say that, but really I'm posting it to my Ryan Gable page. So maybe check out that page, but you can see a picture of this. But, but the point is, this image uh, created by this, this Chicago man was actually AI generated. Generated by artificial intelligence. And this is one of those things that makes us think, if Pope Francis died right now, how, how do you really know if Pope Francis died? Now, this isn't a question of relativity. This isn't a question of like, don't trust anything and just live in a delusional state of existence. But how would you know if Pope Francis actually died? How would you know if the next pope selected is even a real person unless you saw them in person and you touched them? How would you know that? Technology is advanced enough that just like the Wizard of Oz, a man could be behind a curtain creating this whole image of the wizard and it's all made up. It's just, you know, totally fake. It's just somebody talking into a voice amplifier. It's lights and shadows and, and smoke. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Pope Francis is either going to die or resign in a relatively short period of time. He is, in effect, the last pope. They'll probably select another pope uh, from Africa. Uh, this is what Leo Zagami was saying. I agree. I think the next pope probably is going to be black or something to that effect that plays into that same race-based Marxist, communist, super left-wing category, which is the Vatican helped the Nazis escape. The Nazis were supported by left-wing Democrats, which were the which were the Ku Klux Klan and the Democratic Party from 1828, it's all the same line of corruption and evil. 
And, uh, you know, it has nothing to do with the teachings of Christ. It has nothing to do with the mysticism of Christianity or any other religion for that matter. The question is, they'll pick another pope, but how do you know the next pope is actually going to be a physical person? How would you even know if the next president is real for that matter? Technology has advanced to the point where you could have holographic projection of somebody speaking at an event. You, ha- you, you have uh, images and pictures and videos deep faked all over the internet to create the idea that this person's alive and this person's real. I'm not saying that's what's happening. I'm saying it's possible because this image of Pope Francis, uh, with I don't know what kind of, sh- it looks like he has Nikes on or something and this weird coat, uh, got everybody's attention on the internet and then the Chicago Tribune does a story, a report about how it's actually an AI-generated image. A kind of the silly headline, Chicago man created viral AI image of Pope Francis while high on mushrooms. So a guy high on mushrooms creates an image of the Pope through AI that looks real. How are you supposed to trust people with real power, probably also taking mushrooms, but people with real power that have real motives and the balance of power and the state of the world and human existence uh, is, in, is, is in question. Uh, they're going to use more than AI images and if a single AI image can trick you because some guy on mushrooms wanted to make a silly photo of Pope Francis, then imagine what those powerful people could do. Imagine what the Jesuits could do. Ratzinger, uh, 10 years ago, the, the former Pope uh, Ratzinger, he resigned. Popes don't typically do that. Only a handful have done that. And it's kind of like a Jesuit coup. Pope Francis is a Jesuit. He takes power. He starts dismantling the church. He is, in effect, the last Pope. Probably not physically. There'll be another physical Pope, but he is essentially the last Pope. And then we had Ratzinger died in December of last year. The queen died right before that. Prince Charles comes to power. His crest, as most of you know, says something to the effect of the red dragon gives the authority or gives the power or gives the lead. And this is precisely what Revelation says about the red dragon. We did a show back in September of last year called Falsus Reparator Mundi. It is in the archive. If you just type in Falsus, F-A-L-S-U-S, or look at the date, it's uh, September 21st. We looked at how uh, the whole rise of Prince Charles to being king, uh, his crest, his coat of arms says the red dragon gives the lead. It can't be coincidence that Revelation 13.2 says the dragon gave the beast his power and his throne. That can't be coincidental. You could say it's the fulfillment of prophecy, perhaps. Perhaps it's an artificial prophecy. Perhaps it's a synthetic prophecy. Perhaps the royals have positioned themselves believing that they are of the divine right to rule. They are of the messianic bloodlines. They are the, 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 the descendants of Christ. And they are going to rule the world and lead us into a better world, which is what, you know, in 2022, uh, Prince Charles or King Charles now was uh, unveiled as this big sculpture with these big wings. You might be able to look that up on the Internet pretty quick. Prince Charles or King Charles is a big statue with these big wings. And uh, the statue uh, was said to represent King Charles leading us into a better world. Of course, for the Antichrist, that world would be a better world. And you have to, uh, I really think you have to think, you have to wonder about the power uh, of the royal family still, and especially the, the power of Prince William or what he potentially wields as this this fake, this falsest uh, uh, antichrist-like character 
if you listen to Tracy Twyman or Clyde Lewis, they've they've said this for a very long time. Uh, and I've talked to Clyde about this as well. It, it, it feels like, I was actually talking to Brad Olson in Sedona uh, last weekend. It, it feels like this is what's happening. It feels like uh, Daniel, in the book of Daniel, those three horns are being plucked. Look at Pope Francis. Look at the queen dying. Look at Joe Biden. Look at the destruction of the office of president of the executive branch, the U.S. Uh, military power, White House, London, Buckingham Palace, and the Vatican. Look at the destruction of these three pillars, these three horns, and the rise of a smaller horn, a small horn that you don't really think is that much of a threat. Nobody thinks of Prince William, a key individual who could play the part, I'm not saying to, to, could be, but could play the part of the uh, up, uh, of the Antichrist, uh, which is part of the you know the whole Catholic idea, the Antichrist, or Petrus Romanus, Petrus Romanus, so the Irish Saint Malachi predicting that Petrus Romanus, Petrus Romanus would be the last pope presiding over the destruction of the church. This is precisely what Pope Francis has done. He's presided over the destruction of the church. Look at Joe Biden with his fake White House sets. Look at Donald Trump. They've indicted him. People think, oh, he's going to go to prison. No, indictment's just a formal accusation. It's a formal documented accusation. It doesn't mean anybody's going to jail. Okay? Trump's not going to jail. All right? Uh, and if Donald Trump does go to jail for something, uh, anything really, uh, I'd, be, uh, I'd be pretty nervous and, and, and worried about that because of the violence that probably would erupt as a result of it. The same way if you jailed Joe Biden. But nobody wants to look into those crimes because they're too busy with uh, Stormy Daniels, which was a porn star, and Donald Trump, and some money that was paid. Uh, nobody's above the law. You're right, nobody's above the law, but that includes uh, the Democratic Party. They're not above the law either. But the Democratic Party has so much control of the judicial system of, uh, of the courts, uh, people being paid off and whatnot. It's kind of hard to get any justice when the system is just us on one side of the spectrum. But I don't know, you consider all this with Francis and the Queen and Charles and you can with these big, powerful people, these big, powerful positions. And it it feels as if the whole like think of the United States with the power plants being sabotaged and just with power generation being sabotaged by the EPA in places like Texas, which could be completely energy independent for the that could make the whole country energy independent. Um, you know, we don't we, we, we won't buy oil from the Russians or the Texans. We'll buy it from the Saudis, though. Makes no sense. Uh, and then you have the, uh, the 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 food plants and you have the alternative energy plants and you have the uh, I mean, there's everything from salads to potatoes, oils and vinegars and honey. These places have been sabotaged, blown up, set on fire, railroad incidences, chemicals spilled into the water, uh, into the Delaware, into the Ohio. Like this is happening at such a rapid pace. You see that there's clearly a sabotage, uh, that is uh, some form of sabotage that's involved here. And that sabotage is more than just train wrecks. It's more than just food. It's more than just... Uh, even the military is being sabotaged with wearing high heels and painting your fingernails. The military is being sabotaged. Uh, with all those things happening, it's not just on the low levels. It's in the highest levels, the White House and London and Rome. And you're watching these power centers crumble and deteriorate. And why would the powers that be want to? I'm not saying that, like the Vatican's going to be there. The White House is going to be there, but they're not, they're not going to be what they 
you know, the, the Pope's not going to be what the Pope's supposed to be. Okay, the the president is not what the president's supposed to be. These are they're just images. They're mock images of really false idols of what these things are supposed to be. Uh, and when you see the deterioration, the degrading, the demeaning, you're seeing the pathway being paved. You're seeing the road being paved effectively to the gates of hell. Let's just put it that way. Because we're, we're, we're setting up and creating this with the sabotage of civilization, with death rates, which some might attribute to almost like a rapture kind of a thing, but death rates exploding all over the world, Australia to the United States, huge increases in unreasonable, undocumented, sudden human death syndrome. Just massive deaths, children dying, like massive numbers. You can't help but think that there's an evil that is responsible for this. You can kind of feel this. Well, like I talked about on Tuesday's show, Satan laughing spreads his wings, you know, like Ozzy Osbourne, Black Sabbath. Uh, there's this this demonic, uh, reptilian-like, bird-like creature that's just perched on on our planet, on our culture, and everything is being undermined. Everything is being torn down because, in order to rebuild the world, in order to build back better, which happens to be the same slogan used by Justin Trudeau as used by Joe Biden, totally independent though, totally just all about democracy and the people's choice, right? Sure. Build back better. Well, in order to build back better, you have to destroy what was what was there before, which is just Maoist, socialist, uh, Mao's four olds. You know, the old ideas and traditions and values have to be eliminated. No, you can't have a family. You can't have a business. Everything has to be done through the state. Children are raised in hatcheries. There's no love. The orgasm is eliminated. Any independent thought is eliminated and stomped out. There's thought police, which is part of the... So whether they were social justice warriors, as they call them, or it's political correctness, that that's the thought police. You are the thought police. I shouldn't say that that's going to offend somebody. I should I shouldn't uh, speak in terms of real science because that'll offend people that say they believe in science. I shouldn't say biology is a real thing. That'll offend people who say they believe in science but don't actually believe in science. I mean. That this is so historically documented, the destruction of art, the destruction of science, the destruction of math, confusing people, brainwashing people to the point where they don't know what's up and what's down. This is all part of the destruction of Rome, the destruction symbolically the whole world, the destruction of uh, economies, the destruction of faith in the system. I mean, the, 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 it's clear that in our system in the United States, the people in power want you to see how corrupt the judicial system is. They want you to be afraid of it because no matter what you do, no matter how good you are, you can be brought before that system prosecuted and sent to jail for absolutely nothing or something that's been, no pun intended, but trumped up. You can be brought before that system and you can be indicted, which just means formally charged, and then prosecuted and judged to have done something that you didn't do based on something in the past, based on something you said in the present. And I mean, Edward Snowden really said it best. The only thing that restricts the activities of the surveillance state are policy. Uh, even our agreements with, with other sovereign governments, we consider that to be uh, 
a stipulation of policy rather than a stipulation of law. And because of that, a new leader will be elected. They'll flip the switch, uh, say that um, because of the crisis, because of the dangers that we face in the world, you know, some, some new and unpredicted threat, we need more authority. We need more power. And there will be who extend the capabilities of this sort of architecture of oppression, uh, you realize that you might be willing to accept any risk, and it doesn't matter what the outcome is, so long as the public gets to make their own decisions about how that's applied. Why should people care about surveillance? Because even if you're not doing anything wrong, you're being watched and recorded, and the, the storage capability of these systems increases every year consistently by orders of magnitude. Uh, to where it's getting to the point you don't have to have done anything wrong. You simply have to eventually fall under suspicion from somebody, even by a wrong call. And then they can use the system to go back in time and scrutinize every decision you've ever made, every friend you've ever discovered, who extend the capabilities. So that is, there's two clips there that, that played back to back. Uh, the first one is turnkey tyranny, where because of some new existential threat, which according to Klaus Schwab, COVID-19 was not an existential threat, but the average person thinks, it's a, thinks it is. So a new existential threat, something bad's happening. We need to do something we've never done before to stop this thing that's never happened before, although it's all fabricated. So turnkey tyranny, this, the system switches, and you don't have any power or authority. You don't have any anything. You, you don't own anything, and you love it. But as we get to that point, it's really about uh, the, the second part of that clip, which is you don't have to do anything wrong. Uh, you just have to maybe have a disagreement or have a different point of view. And what you've done in the past can be scrutinized to paint with a broad brush. Uh, you in the present as being an enemy combatant, a terrorist, etc. And the system, obviously, the judicial system, the courts, mostly the Department of Justice, the FBI, they've been so weaponized that it's so clear that there's so much bias you know, trying to justify the the documents Joe Biden had, which he had from when he was also vice president, uh, like stuff that wasn't declassified, trying to justify that and say, that, well, that's okay. But when Trump as president had documents that he had access to and then was working with uh, the National Archives and others to bring those documents back, somehow that's corruption. It's a huge double standard. This isn't about Trump and Biden. This is about politics, stupid politics, politics, many, many ticks, many bloodsuckers. This is about the double standard. This is about how corrupt and how obviously corrupt the system is and how they want you to know how corrupt the system is, or at least you want you to perceive how corrupt the system is. Maybe the system isn't that corrupt. Maybe they want you to perceive it's corrupt. So you lose faith in the system and you say, look, uh, our judicial system isn't working. Look, our, our courts aren't working. Okay, the rule of law isn't working. The republic isn't working. So the republic will be organized into the first galactic empire for a safe and secure society. That's what's happening. And anybody that can't see that clearly isn't paying attention. And Pope Francis being in the hospital and the death of Ratzinger and the death of the queen and the, the visual death every day of Joe Biden and the indictment of Donald Trump and the putting political prisoners away indefinitely from January 6th, even though the footage is, is negligible. And most of the people involved from, from the QAnon shaman, which I think is a joke anyway, but from QAnon shaman to Alex Jones, there's just, just, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minute videos just of, of them saying, don't, don't do anything violent. Don't do anything. Don't steal anything. Don't put that back. Don't, 
Don't go to the Capitol. It's a setup. Just just hours of video like that with people like, uh, you know, the, the, the Ray Epps guy being the, like, let's go into the Capitol, go into the Capitol, storm it, break in, break in. And people being like, no, don't do this guy's a fed. This guy's a fed. Is he indicted? No, they indicted Donald Trump because of some porn star. It's a joke. They want you to feel, whether it's real or not, that the system is crumbling, that the system is collapsing, that everything from the economy to religions, look at the banks being bailed out again with the Silicon Valley Bank, people putting their money or drawing their money out of the banks, uh, the the push to have uh, everything digitized, uh, palm readers for your identification at freaking Panera Bread now, uh, the, the, the banning TikTok I don't know if you saw this, the banning of TikTok, uh, the bill, the Restrict Act, which actually doesn't really ban TikTok. It just gives the executive branch unilateral authority to do what the Patriot Act did. Spy and gather information and prosecute people and round people up. It's totally illegal. It's totally unconstitutional. It's totally immoral, totally unethical, totally authoritarianism. And when you hear me say something like that, I mean, I can sit here and listen to me, like listen to myself, and I, I, I can hear people saying, oh, that's just your political bias. It's like, no, it's not about politics, Jesus Christ. It's not about institutional religions. Okay, it's about throwing the baby out with the bathwater because a constitutional republic with protected rights for everybody shouldn't be a complicated, controversial thing. Well, what about gay rights and trans rights? You have rights, human rights, okay? Human rights. You should be happy that you have human rights that are enshrined and protected and not mock them because, oh, they're not God. I don't believe in God. They're not from God. Do you know what the, I mean, do you know what the Second Amendment really is? You know, most constitutional scholars won't talk about this because it's all about guns, guns, guns as a literal interpretation. The Second Amendment doesn't say you have a right to bear guns. It says arms. Arms are weapons. That could literally be your arms. It could be your fists. It could be anything. Anything. It's fundamentally a right to self-defense. And you see these bot accounts on the, I saw one yesterday on the internet, 10,000, 15,000, 100,000 likes and shares and followers. And it's like, is that person real? And even whether they're real or they're a bot or a sock puppet, whatever the case might be, they say things like this. I saw this yesterday. I read this. I would gladly give up my Second Amendment, which they don't exercise anyway, probably. I'd gladly give the Second Amendment. That means we could save kids. Really? Okay. Well, you should also want to give up all the processed foods with all the highly processed sugars and flours, all the salt, all the oil, Okay, all the food colorings and food dyes, all the artificial and natural preservatives and flavors. You should want, to, should want to give all that up too because obesity is one of the leading causes of death for children. Black, Hispanic, white, across the board, Asians, not so much, but they still fall into the category too. Obesity, diabetes, heart disease, cancer, respiratory disease. These are things that children are suffering from. Random deaths for children, just randomly. It's totally random. We have no idea why they died out of nowhere. If you're really concerned about kids, get serious about that. But when you actually say, I'll give up my Second Amendment if we can save the kids, 
then you don't deserve any of that. Because if you give up your Second Amendment, if you give up the right to self-defense, a whole lot more kids are going to die. And not only kids are going to die, a lot of people are going to die. How do I know that? It's not a fear-based statement. It's a historical-based statement. Because when you take away people's right to defend themselves, which is an inherent right, not granted by government, that's why it's universally granted by God in whatever form you see that to be. You give away your right to self-defense, it's over. People die, and a lot of people die, and a lot of people die really quick. That's what history shows us. You think Adolf Hitler killed a lot of people? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he, killed, he killed, what, 11 million? Try tripling that for Stalin. He killed 32, 33 million. You think he killed a lot of people? Look at the indiscriminate killings of Mao. Look at Cambodia, North Korea, Venezuela. Mao killed 65 million. It's such an outrageous number, most people can't even conceive of it. 65 million people Mao killed through starvation and murder. In the name of the glorious revolution that is communism. I want to think that one through again. And if you want to want a kind of a, a perspective on that, think about New York City. New York City has a population of about eight and a half million people. So divide eight and a half million into 65 million. And think about that number for a second. Eight, it's like 8.46 as of 2021. It's like 8.5 million. 8.5 million people in New York City. 8.5 million. And you, do, and, and you divide that into, it's like estimated 65 million. You're talking about seven, seven and a half times, something like that. That's how many, Mao killed seven New York cities. <laughs> like the, the city itself, the surrounding area. That's a lot of people, just to give you some perspective. You know what Mao preached? Mal preached, wear a mask, social distance, get your vaccine, take your drugs, work in a military fashion to destroy all the Burgoyne and all the, all the capitalists and all the art and take people's property and you'll be happy owning nothing. People starving to death, society being sabotaged, you know, everything from uh, basic products that are being produced, uh, trying to, to get uh, the country back on track after the consolidation of power and the collectivization of farms from agriculture to metal uh, sabotaging and undermining and undercutting everything that's what is happening that's what this is all about folks that's what it's all about i'm ryan gable this is the secret teachings if you want to know more about this stuff especially what i talked about in the last 20 minutes please grab a copy of my book liberty shrugged the first chapter i think will take you through a lot of what i just discussed of course, if you are interested in the secret teachings, the show airs Monday through Friday, groundzero.radio. That's where you can listen. You can also go to Aftermath, type in aftermath.media, and you'll find Clyde's show, Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero, and the secret teachings. I'm so honored to be on the same page there with, uh, with Clyde and uh, the other people there on uh, like Conspirifact with Wes and Bill over there on aftermath.media. Uh, they play a lot of our old shows too i don't know when those are scheduled but they play on occasion uh, but the main show is monday through friday right after ground zero with clyde lewis 
please grab a copy of one of my books, www.thesecretteachings.info, Liberty Shrugged. Liberty Shrugged. I actually have four copies of that right now in studio. I can sign them and send them. Uh, I got them from the the, the publishing, uh, the production publisher uh, as a kind of samples, but I got those books. I can sign them and send them out. Liberty Shrugged, Occult Arcana is my other book. I hope you have a really great weekend. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. rdgable at yahoo.com is the email. 